Welcome to Changemakers, a podcast from APH. We're talking to people from around the world who are creating positive change in the lives of people who are blind or have low vision. Here's your host. Hello and welcome to Changemakers. I'm APH's Public Relations Manager, Sarah Brown, and today we're talking about acknowledging bias. We'll learn what resources APH provides, and then we'll learn about the things you can do to be aware of bias. Up first, we're talking to APH's Connect Center Information and Referral Services Coordinator, Alan Lovell. Hello, Alan, and welcome to Changemakers. Thanks, Sarah. I appreciate you having me. Can you talk about what the Connect Center is for those who aren't aware? Mm -hmm. I sure can. Uh, Actually, the Connect Center uh, in 2018 is when the Connect Center officially started with APH. It is a grant-funded grouping of resources uh, that come in the form of websites and and an information referral hotline that folks can call uh, to find answers to any questions relating to low vision or blindness. If, If a person goes to our uh, main landing page, our website, uh, www.aphconnectcenter.org, that links to all of the properties that make up the Connect Center. Um, they are vision aware. That is a site um, specifically curated around adults and seniors. Uh, Family Connect is uh, information for families of visually impaired or blind children. And APH Career Connect uh, which is for job seekers, folks who are uh, blind or low vision. And um, so we uh, and my team in the Connect Center curate information, blog posts, articles, webinars, uh, and and host various different groups um, for job seekers and parents of low vision children um, to go up on those sites and keep them fresh uh, with information about you know, how to thrive in life, uh, especially if you're a person who may be new to low vision. Can you talk about the resources Connect Center provides regarding support groups for diversity and why they're so important? Well, yes, um, you know, the Connect Center, what kind of powers the Connect Center uh, and and the resources that I just spoke about the website is a national directory of services. So any of the sites, if you perform a search on any of the sites, or if you're just sitting in the directory itself, you can search in your locale for, you know, any number of services, uh, like rehab services, or, you know, information on your eye disease. Uh, but with that, um, you know, there, there are support groups that come in a lot of different forms, uh, virtual, especially since COVID, um, the rehab uh, the state services for the blind usually host support groups. And what that does is brings folks together of all ages, um, you know, races, um, you know, any sort of specific to a person's uh, personality in life that they have that one thing in common, though, where they can share their experiences with low vision or blindness and learn uh, amongst others who have that thing in common. Um, and and so when we talk to a person who is new or perhaps just dealing with their visual impairment for the first time, uh, we f- do our diligence to find a group, whether it's local to them or whether, um, you know, there are groups with specific uh, specifics that meet uh, this person's 
sort of needs uh, when they ask about what they want to talk about. And um, so we don't, in many cases, host them ourselves, but we find them through our grouping of resources. You know, we reach out to our uh, colleagues in the field, um, you know, search the web, scour the interwebs, if you will, um, to, to find the appropriate group. And so that gives us a chance to um, talk about what is weighing heavy on our minds as we deal with, with life, with issues, with blindness. Um, and, and so we get confirmation almost on a daily basis when we talk to folks who are um, living their lives, have no idea that there are resources available for them to to learn skill sets that give them independence back, that give them outlets to um, express themselves in the world, whether it be through um, work or education or their artistic outlets, it's, it's, it can be very freeing for folks to learn what is out there. So it's very important, especially these days, that diversity is at the forefront of, of what we as an agency put out uh, and, and how we serve those who need um, who need us, who, who need the information that we're here to sort of tell them about. So if someone's coming to you all that might be transgendered and, <clears throat> and have low vision, you know, what resources? So that's you all putting out sort of like the call to find resources for that person. Yes. And I can think yeah. of a specific um, phone call that I got not that long ago from a, a transgender female who was also blind now. And um, she called to find uh, resources that sort of were in line with what many of our callers need relating to their, their blindness. But the questions then ran to, well, I'm a trans female. Um, I'm running into trouble with how I present myself. Uh, not only am I a blind person having to sell myself um, in a way that overpowers the negativity that comes with a uh, you know preconceived notions over blindness. Um, being being a trans woman is is another challenge, and in that type of case, um, it's more about the conversation that we had because at, at that point I couldn't find a support group for trans women who are blind. Right, like that's not something that has formed yet. Uh, and, and so we had conversations about what, in what way are we going to present ourselves when we're going to look for jobs, for example? Um, and should the fact that you're a trans woman come first or should that be in the background and not so important should, you know, what skill sets are we putting out there first? Um, so we had a long conversation about that, and 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 we were seeing more and more situations like that where we're we're so diverse, uh, and people really want to express themselves. But um, in these conversations, it's more about what's what's most important with what you're trying to achieve. Um, you know, it does 
do you come with a challenge? Do, do I, as a gay white male, do I come with um, a, a challenge for you? Or am I selling myself based on my skill sets and my personality and things like that? Um, so it's a it's it, it, we have we have conversations like that 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 can run in any different direction. But thankfully, APH, the company we both work for, and now is 164 years old, is uh, such a forward-thinking organization. You know, our our slogan now is welcome everyone it's on our t-shirts it's on our banners uh it's in the way we think the way we produce products the way we um serve the people who need us uh everyone no matter what or where you are in life uh and how lucky are we to have an organization that is it's just just wonderful it's just a wonderful feeling knowing that, that that they've got our back like that no, that's, you're 100% correct. And, you know, the welcome everyone. When we say everyone, we mean everyone. And that's so important. And I've felt that throughout the halls at APH for my past two years that I've been there. A while ago, you wrote an article called Blind Dating While Gay, and it provided some tips for dating in this modern world. Can you talk a bit about that? That article which is on Vision Aware. Um, I don't know if it's also featured on all the platforms or not, but you can locate it on Vision Aware just by searching for dating. We'll be sure to put a link in this podcast too to it. Great. Um, I mentioned earlier, I've been with APH for 26 years and it wasn't, you know, I started when I was 21 and I, you know, I I have gray hair with a white beard now. That was not the case back then. (laughs) But um, It wasn't until I was 29 where I really sort of came out of the closet. I lived on both sides of the fence and, and, and uh, I went through this discovery at a midpoint in my life before I, you know, came to terms with who I really am. Um, But as I mentioned earlier, my lifestyle didn't come with, um, a challenge for anyone. It was just more or less a fact. And I sort of systematically came out and, and now at the age of 48, I've, I've been married to my husband for 19 years. Um, but I wrote this article because while there are a couple of older articles on dating out there specifically, uh, for those of us, for those of us who are low vision or blind, we come with a unique challenge Um, when you are sort of a non-traditional person, uh, when you want to find a, a partner in life, you have to sort of come up with techniques that are going to work for you. Um, and thankfully technology is on our side. Some people, you know, you know, might find a, you might find yourself in a situation where you where you do find a partner in a traditional way, which is always great. You know enough about a person to know that, oh, well, that person's gay too, or, you know, the the specifics that are important are in line with with what you're looking for. But when I was searching um, to find a a partner, this was before I was even out of the closet to anyone, and I I was kind of coming to terms with it myself. 
I used technology, uh, online dating. It gave platforms that I could access with my assistive technology, even back then. Uh, a computer with JAWS software on it was enough for me to create a profile and uh, an online presence on a specific dating site where I was able to either read other people's profiles or they could read mine. Um, and as technology has advanced, you know, our smartphones give us the ability to post photos uh, of ourselves and you know, put ourselves out there that's sort of on par with what a sighted person might do. Um, but since we, we are all different, we all have different experiences with low vision or blindness and technology, uh, I wanted to put information out there that might help someone else um, because when you can't see what you're doing with your phone, um, you, you don't want to put a picture out there that is unflattering or put yourself in a space where you might have clutter behind you that tells a story uh, that may, you know, not put paint you in the best light. Um, so I put tips in that article about, you know, making a good photo. And then I spoke about this is, again, how are you going to present yourself to some uh, unknowing person who lands on your profile are you a blind person right up front or you as i wrote the article i kind of used a pseudonym i didn't uh, at that point know for sure if i was going to put my name on it but there it is i wrote it so i use the name jake um are you a blind person named jake or are you jake a person who has all of these interests in life like Oh, walks on the beach, for example, um, you know, dinner, dining, um, hiking, biking. And then you happen to be a low vision or blind person. You know, how are you going to put that out there? And then that's a personal decision. It might, you know, it, it, if you put something like that out there, it, it could potentially um, turn some people off because they don't have, they've never had a blind person in their life. And they think, oh, I, well, I don't want that <laughs> in my life. In my situation, and I'm not saying this is the right way or not, but uh, I chose to leave that out. I chose to present myself as Alan, Jake, <laughs> whomever, yeah, the person who uh, has all of these interests in life. And that's that's how we bonded. And it wasn't until we actually wound up on the telephone, we uh, rose to the level of in-person conversation. And uh, it wasn't until we talked, he could hear my voice. He had seen pictures of me um, where I said, you know, I better go ahead and tell you this because it seems as though we might actually meet. And anybody who's ever done online dating before knows that you might wind up in a bunch of different conversations with different people that don't go anywhere. And, you know, constantly explaining myself, I'm, I'm low vision, I'm blind. That may not even be important because the conversation may not ever go anywhere. Um, so I put that kind of information in the article just to give somebody uh, who's interested something to think about when, when they put themselves out there. Is there anything else you'd like to say about acknowledging bias or resources the Connect Center provides or dating? Well, the Connect Center is here because we uh, can empathize 
those of us who make up the staff of the Connect Center have worked in the field for many years. There are 12 of us on staff now, two of us on the phone. Uh, both of us who are on the phone are, are blind as well and have worked in the field for many years and have uh, sort of built a, um, a level of, of knowledge where we're able to you know, like I said, empathize with a person who may be new to this and who you are as a person. Um, you know, if you have questions about your life as it pertains to low vision, you know, I, I think we're on the same level as you because we've been there. Um, Prejudice and bias aside, you know, we're here to talk about blindness and provide you with the tools that you can use to to thrive in life, no matter what your situation is. And, you know, if you have um, additional circumstances to who you are, we're here to help. We're here to find you resources. We're here to find you groups of people to talk with so that, uh, you know, you're in, in spite of your challenges, uh, you're going to be able to thrive in life. And, and that goes along with the reason APH exists, the products that are manufactured by APH, the services that we provide. It's, it's so that you can rise above your challenges, no matter who you are, and, uh, and thrive. Okay. Alan, thank you so much for joining me today on Changemakers. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. We'll be sure to put links to the Connect Center and Alan's article in the show notes. Up now is Ty Tomasi. She's here to talk about the different types of bias and why recognizing they exist is so important. Hello, Ty, and welcome to Changemakers. Hi, thanks so much for having me today. Can you talk about ABIDE for those who aren't aware? Sure. ABIDE stands for Accessibility, Belonging, Inclusion, Diversity, and Equity. And we are a resource for internal stakeholders within American Printing House for the Blind. We are also a resource for the field of education of the blind and low vision community. So we provide trainings for anyone who's interested and also to the community at large here in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, So we are definitely interested in assisting with development of trainings on all of the areas encompassed in ABIDE. There are two kinds of biases, conscious bias and unconscious implicit bias. Can you explain the difference? Um, Sure. Conscious bias is where your brain is aware of the bias that you're holding. It's being processed by your brain. Uh, Whereas unconscious bias is based on some background work that your brain is doing very quickly um, and it's analyzing patterns and past information, but you're not aware of the bias that you're holding. So you may not be aware of the things that are coming into play uh, with that unconscious bias. So it's basically... Um, your processing of affinity and other patterns that you may have been aware of from the past, whether that's from media or other sources um, that are kind of driving some unconscious stereotypes that you hold. Bias is not limited to just one demographic. It can be found in medical settings, race, gender, sexual preference, politics, just about any topic. Can you talk about how Abide educates individuals regarding bias? Yes. So Abide is constantly educating others about how to overcome and work on bias, um, overcoming implicit bias. And what we want to do is 
um, work with that automatic human function and actively take steps to understand and resist those unconscious biases. So that requires developing new inclusive patterns and habits that kind of overcome that part of your brain that's working in a, in a very um, unknown fashion behind the scenes. So making sure you're questioning, you're listening, um, you're actively listening with humility. And so Abide is here to train people on how to listen with humility, how to uh, listen without judgment, um, how to be more aware of your biases and how to check those biases. Um, and one major way that we work with people to check those biases is to encourage them to suspend the need to be right about your opinion. Um, often our opinions are based in uh, unconscious bias. And so we need to suspend our, our wish to, to um, be right about those things and to listen to others with humility. What are some ways a person can assess if they do have bias? There are a lot of tests online that you can take. Unfortunately, some of those tests are not very accessible. A lot of them rely on visual cues. Um, I'm still working to find a good accessible test on implicit bias because many of them rely on visual indicators. So what they might do is um, show you a picture and then you're supposed to pick the thing that comes to mind and click on the next thing that comes to mind in, in a list of things. And that, and that, test will evaluate your implicit bias. Um, so as people who are blind or low vision, we need to be more aware of doing this work on our own because we don't have, we don't necessarily have accessible means to do those kinds of tests. How does acknowledging unconscious bias advance diversity and inclusion? We all need to be more accepting and more understanding of everyone. And we need to work on developing empathy and challenging our biases are good ways to do that. And that's why we need to listen with humility and really think about how we're reacting to various situations in our life, things that we encounter. Um, those reactions are problematic and we need to think about how we react so that we can build a better inclusive and diverse environment. What do, do you have any tools one could use to sort of see if they do have an unconscious bias? Yes, I have a couple of links that I can share in the show notes that talk a little bit about implicit bias and how to challenge it. I think those are very useful tools. There's also a lot of great things on the internet that, um, that you can find by searching, but I will provide a few links to those. Are there any other organizations that offer special interest groups for bias? Yeah, I think there are a lot of consumer groups, whether it's for people with disabilities. Um, there are also subsets of those consumer groups. Um, for example, in the blind and low vision community, the American Council of the Blind and the National Federation of the Blind all have um, various special interest groups um, that address a lot of issues of implicit bias. Um, for example, around the LGBTQ plus community and other communities, um, there are quite a few groups there that um, that can address some of those topics. And is there anything else you'd like to add? Abide would be happy to work with you on ways that you can challenge your implicit bias in ways that your organizations can challenge them. And we would be happy to work with you on some trainings and some content around that, that topic. All right, Ty, thanks so much for joining me today on Changemakers. Thanks again for having me. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Changemakers. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. I've put links to the resources Ty mentioned and Alan's links are also in the show notes. As always, be sure to look for ways you can be a changemaker this week.